Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning. Glad you're here. And those of you on the stream, so good to have you. Thank you for being a part. This is a really good time uh, to be a part of this church. It's, it's been said already, but i tell you, Jorian, thank you for leading us into his presence today. There's just something about uh, gathering and feeling the presence of God. And last weekend, oh my goodness, 188 people took a stand for Christ. 188. And the amazing thing about it, we knew about coming into the weekend, we knew about 45 of them were going to be baptized. But God knew about 188 that were going to be baptized. And God moved and they obeyed. And let me tell you, the last service, the one right after this one, lasted for two hours. It's the only Baptist service I've ever been in that lasted two hours. I have never been in one that lasted two hours. Uh, either, either God really showed up or something really bad happened. And in this case, it was really God's presence. Oh, my goodness. We, we found out about someone that was on the stream. And I, I just got to thank you guys for being a part because so much of what we do in here, we try, to, we try to replicate it. I mean, we want you to experience what we experience in the, in the gathered community in this room. And it's always it's hard. But on a baptism weekend like this, uh, last weekend, we had uh, one of our streamers who just was overwhelmed with the conviction that they need to be baptized. And so she asked her daughter, would you baptize me in my bathtub? And she baptized her in the bathtub. I think they're streaming from, I think they were in West Virginia. I'm not sure. But just to hear that story just lets me know, man, when God moves, obey. I don't care if you have to do it in a bathtub, obey, you know, whatever, do it. And we had people that were willing to take that step and do it. Now, here's the, here's the part that we need to talk about. What do we do with all these blessings? What do you do with the goodness of God when you see it, when, you're, when your business is doing well, when you've done well? And the fact that you got up this morning and you've got health and you've got a business or you've got a job, or you, what do you do with that? Because I'm convinced that the Lord is looking for a church who will use his blessing to reach more, even beyond where we are. That's the whole principle of what we've been talking about. And the reason <laughs> we have a pipe. Okay, let me take you back just to make sure everybody understands. This is a pipe. It's really a coupling, but it's a pipe, okay? This is a bucket. This is a pipe. Is God's goal for you to pour blessings into your life so that they can stay in your bucket? Or is he wanting to pour blessings into you so they can flow through you and bless others? This doesn't bless anybody but me. It's coffee, and I'm the only one who's going to drink it this morning. It's my bucket. 
That's not what he called us to be. He called us to be a pipe. And so we have to figure out, God, how can you use me to be a blessing and to take what you've given me? It's really just coming alongside God. He's moving. He's stirring. He's doing it. And it's just us waking up and realizing we need to do this. So here's what we're doing for 40 days. We started Friday. We're on this journey where every day we, we pray. Somebody leads us. In fact, this morning, it was one of, our, one of our students. It was awesome. Hardy did a great job. You need, to, you need to see it. Every day, you can get a text. Okay? Now, if you're not signed up, you, you need to sign up. You just text the word daily to 40777, and, and then <clears throat> you'll be registered, and you'll be in the text. But every day, you're going to be reminded, God, use me today. I'm going to tell you, this has had a profound effect, the, the praying every day for that specific thing. God, how can I be a blessing to somebody? Let's just say God did something for you or, or there was something good happened. Ask the question, God, am I supposed to maybe use that to help somebody else? God, I've, I've, I've got a great opportunity today at work. Maybe I should think about somebody that I can bless through that. It's been amazing to me just in two days of praying. Friday and Saturday and now today, the third day, how God is saying, David, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Because guys, more than anything else, I want to be a pipe. I don't want to be a bucket. I don't want to be just, okay, God, give me, give me, give me. No, no, no. God, give me so that I can give to others. Give me so I can flow through. God, use me as a pipe. So that's the point, the principle. If you don't have one of these, uh, we've got them available. Even this morning, we got them up here. We got them in the back. And you can put them on a desk or put them somewhere where you see them. And I think it's going to make it really come alive during that prayer journey. So you can pray for that every day. Now, what's interesting, this is all built around two chapters written to the same church we've been talking about for a while. Corinthians. All right. The Corinthian church was a crazy church in a crazy time. Paul wrote multiple letters to them. One of them we have is called 1 Corinthians. One of them we have is called 2 Corinthians. Probably within one of those, there's another letter. But we have them in those two. And here's what we know. Paul's primary message didn't change. And it was this. Hey, yeah, you're in a crazy world. But remember, God has you there for a reason. And remember that everything he gives you, use it. Make it available for God to use it to be a blessing to others. Let me show you 2 Corinthians 9, 11. That's what's on the pipe. That's kind of the theme for these days, okay? So 40 days of prayer. Started on Friday. Ends in October. Here is the verse. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce what? Thanksgiving to God. Let me just tell you my goal. I'll cut to the chase. My goal would be that Central Florida would be so blessed through the people of First Orlando that everywhere you go, you hear them saying, oh, what a great church. Nope, it's not my prayer. My prayer is everywhere you go, you hear them saying, 
Oh my goodness, what a great God there is. What a great God there is. It's thanksgiving to God. It's not a praise of man. Thanksgiving to God. So every way you've been enriched, even the gift of today. I mean, you woke up this morning. God gave you life today. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to use it so that somebody else will be blessed? That's the journey we're on. So next week, we start a series of sermons out of 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. The other day, I brought Danny in. I said, Danny, read these with me. Let's just sit down. We just sat down in my office, and we read straight through, underlining, talking about these verses. They're incredible. And in every one of them, Paul says, hey, this is a journey of grace. God's been good to you. That's what grace means. He's been generous to you. Now, be generous to others. And I think it's interesting how the final part of this series called What Really Matters is so consistent with what Paul is saying all through the letter of First and Second Corinthians. So if you've got a Bible, go to First Corinthians, go to chapter 10. It's the end of chapter 10 that I want to read through, and I'll make it real simple. Here are the three things. <laughs> These are just three basic things that Paul will say a lot, but here's how he says them. In this case, he basically is saying, it's not about us. Say it with me. It's not about us. It's about him, and it's about them. Now, let's say them all three together. It's not about us. It's about him, and it's about them. And he basically lays that out in this. Now, the backdrop for what we're about to read is they lived in a place with idols and with all kinds of temples, and you could get meat, bogo, every week. I mean, it was meat everywhere, and you could get it, and it was great. I mean, it was top sirloin. It was filet mignon. It was all the good stuff. But now remember, it had been offered idols. And so the Christians were like, man, can we eat that? Should we eat that? And it became a real issue. It became a divisive issue. And I know you're sitting here looking at me like, I, don't, I can't even relate to that. Yeah, we don't really have the same issue. I'm not sure Publix has a deal with the temple of Apollos. But here's what we do understand. Mask. This is just one thing. Do you wear masks? Do you not wear masks? Well, if you wear a mask or you're sending a message, you don't believe in God or have faith in God. But if you don't wear a mask, aren't you putting it others at risk? That whole issue, and there's a stirring, it may come back, whether it comes back or not. Think of this as you listen to what we're about to read. This is not a, the issue for Paul. Here's the issue. Are you more concerned about you getting your freedom? Or are you more concerned about bringing your friends to Christ? And basically, he lays it out in that way. So read with me. I'm going to start in, in, in verse 23, chapter 10. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Are we free to do whatever? Sure. Grace is a gift that says you're free. But does that mean we should do it? Nope, not necessarily. Watch this. 
Let no one seek his own good, but the good of a neighbor. Oh, so it's not about me. Nope. It's about your neighbor. Eat whatever's sold in the market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He made every one of those cows. He made every one of those goats. They're his. Eat them. Enjoy. But keep in mind, if one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you're disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I don't mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? And so he's basically saying, you know, you're really free to eat whatever meat you want. Because there's no such thing as an, uh, an idol. There are no other gods. The earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof, a beautiful psalm. He says it's all his. However, there are going to be times when you're in a private home, you might want to ask the question, would this offend them? And he says, so make sure you remember it's not about you. And then he moves to probably what is the heart and soul of what Paul believes, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or to the church of God. He even includes your brother and sister in here. So it's not just people out there. It's, it's the church. Give no offense to them. Nope. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, so that they may be saved. Now, it's real simple. It's not about us, guys. It really isn't. Though we may have freedom to do whatever, and we may have freedom to enjoy the blessing that God has given us. We're not going to do that. Why? Because he didn't create us to be a bucket. He created us to be a channel of blessings, a pipe. And so what is it about? Well, first of all, it's about him. You notice how Paul basically is restating what Jesus said are the greatest commandments. Remember when that lawyer came to Jesus and thought he had him, you know, he was trying to trip him up, trying to question him. He said, hey, what, what are the greatest commandments? What, what would you say is the greatest commandment? And Jesus looked at him and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And he said, and by the way, all the law and prophets hang on those two. So do you realize what Jesus did? He just basically made Christianity really simple. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love your neighbor. That's exactly what Paul is saying. First of all, make sure, does it glorify God? It's about him. Everything about this day is about him. The fact that you're alive today and you're breathing is because he gave you breath. He woke you up this morning. Can we give him praise just for a day? This is the day the Lord made. We exist for him. I mean, his er the early confessions, and one that's not as early, obviously, as Scripture, but the Westminster Shorter Catechism has this great line in it that says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 
That's the goal. That's why we are here, to enjoy him, to glorify him. C.S. Lewis says they're both one and the same because when you glorify God, you enjoy him. And so let me ask you a question. When you're considering what you should do, do you ever ask the question, God, what would make you smile the most? What would make you pleased? What would make you joyful? How could I bring you delight? I think that question helps us to be this and not that. God, how can I use that to help somebody and to bring you great joy? Because, guys, everything we do ought to glorify him, which means we are living billboards for God. We are living testimonies. We are showing the world our God. And so I hope what we're showing them is really who he is. Let everything we do glorify God first. Secondly, let it be about them. Who's them? Everybody but you. You say, well, my wife? Yep. Anybody but you. Anybody but you. Everything God has done for you, he intended you to use it to be a blessing to those he's put in your circle. Where you work, bless them. Use what God has given you to be a blessing to them. Where you live, bless your neighborhood. Pray for your neighborhood. You see what he's saying? Everywhere. Be a blessing. And look at the way he says it. Verse 31 32. This is so good. Give no offense to the Jews. In other words, don't do things just to make people mad. Don't upset that for them, Jews and Greeks, those were the two main, mainly designations for everybody. Greeks are to the church of God. No. What you ought to do is try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, so that they may be saved. So I'm supposed to use everything that God has done in my life to be used and be like a pipe to touch others, to bless others, to encourage others. It's exactly what he's saying. And so for me, every day when I read this devotional, okay, you'll get it. If you signed up for it, you'll get it. And the question I ask is, okay, God, how do how you want to work through me today? My question to God in the morning is not, hey, God, what are you going to do for me today? Mm -mm. My question is, God, how, how do you want to use me today? What's something that I can do to bless somebody today? God, I, I just want to be this. I want to be a pipe. So you know what I got to thinking? I got to thinking, this is really the mission. This is our mission as a church. Let's change the pronouns. Instead of I, making it individual about us, let's, let's change the pronouns. Say it with me. Let's read this verse together. See how it sounds as we're talking about us. Say it out loud. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as we try to please everyone in everything we do, not seeking our own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. How many of you think that'd be a great mission statement for a church? It's perfect. It's basically saying it's not about us. It's about him and it's about them. And the them is anybody but you. 
It's the lost neighbors you have. It's the lost friends at work. I mean, it's the lost people that are in your orbit, but it's also those that are saved, that need encouragement, that need building up, that needed to be blessed. That's what this season is about. And we're going to take a journey of grace where we're going to figure out how can we do that? How can we be that kind of church? But let me just warn you, it's supernatural. It's not natural. In fact, this whole idea of being, being this is not natural. You know what your natural inclination is? It's all about you. It's just the flesh. Let's be honest. It's all about us. Remember I told you my driving habits? I don't like it when you're in front. Why? Because I'm not supposed to be in behind you. I'm supposed to be in front of you. I mean, it's all about us. That's the natural, the flesh part of this is, oh, the reason God has gifted me, the reason I got that great job is, man, he wants to prosper me. Oh, that's awesome. Why does he want to prosper you? So he can bless others. The natural response is, God, I got a bucket. Come on, man, fill it up. I got a bucket here ready for you. God, fill it up. I just want it overflowing. I think the supernatural response is, God, just pour through me. God, just move through me and touch as many lives as you can because it's all about you. Amen? That's the supernatural. How do you get to the supernatural? You pray. You pray. I can't call anybody out in here, but there's so many people. I'm looking around. I want to call. There's an athlete in here that has had a great, had a great game this week for the University of Central Florida. And I've noticed one thing about him. He always is very quick. I do this for God. To give God glory. There's somebody in here that God has blessed their business and they've done very, very well. And every time you're around them, every time you talk to them, it's, it's oh, we're just, God's just blessed us so we can bless others. And I've been a recipient of some of those blessings. There are people in this room that get this. I just want all of us to get it. Because I can't imagine what could happen in the central Florida region if we finally wake up and realize we're not a bucket, we're a pipe. We're going to change this place for God's glory. It could happen. Let's ask God to make it happen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and we're going to pray this way. I've got three people that are coming up that are going to lead us in a prayer. Before they come, I want us just to sit and pray using the prompts you'll see on the screen to kind of help direct our thoughts. The first group we're going to be praying for is where we work. How can God use us where we work? How can we be a blessing to those that work with us or that work around us? And then Tammy is going to come and lead us in a prayer for that. And then the second, you'll see some questions and some, some prompts that are about our community. How can we be a blessing in our community, in our neighborhood? And then Kirk's going to come and pray. And then last, there'll be some questions. How can we bless the generations to come? How can we take young people and children and, and take them on this journey and help them to see the goodness of the Lord. How can I be a blessing to the next gen? And Lily is going to come and close that. So I want us to pray using this. And let's ask God, God, we don't want to be a bucket. We want to be a pipe. We want to use what you've given us 
to bring glory to you and to see lives changed. Let's pray. Here are the questions. Father God, thank you for creating each of us with purpose and designing us with unique strengths and giftings to serve our families, our church, and our communities. Thank you for planting us in different industries and spheres of influence where we can each be salt and light. You chose what time in history we would be born. You chose the purposes and callings on our lives. We were created by you and for you. Help us, help us bloom where you have planted us. Father, use our words and our actions at work to serve, encourage, and uplift our coworkers and to reveal you in us. Help us recognize the opportunities to care for our coworkers and those you bring across our path. Tune our spiritual ears to hear your promptings and provide situations and opportunities for faith conversations. Give us courage, God, to share your love with others. Let your will be done in and through our lives. Let your kingdom come in our places of work. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you today with grateful hearts, seeking your guidance and blessings for our neighborhoods, our community, and our city. We thank you for the gift of community and the families who make up our neighborhoods and for the unity we find in our shared experiences. Lord, we pray for our neighborhoods May we be good stewards of the relationships we have with them, showing kindness, compassion, and understanding. Help us to be bold about our faith and grant us the wisdom to build bridges that foster a sense of belonging within our community. Within our communities, Father, we pray for unity and harmony regardless of backgrounds. May we work together to create a safe environment so people are drawn closer to you, Jesus. Help us to be disciples of positive change, seeking justice, equality, and peace for all. And lastly, Father, we pray for our city. We pray for our leaders that they may govern with wisdom and integrity, making decisions that are influenced by your spirit. Help them to have the courage directed by faith to address the challenges in our cities, and we pray for protection over our city. Father, we want to be used by you, and our hearts are open to your leading. May our actions reflect your love and grace, and may we be a shining light in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Dear Father, dear Jesus, dear King of the world, today we want to lift up before your throne room the upcoming next generations that will soon be the body of the world, the body of America leading our country, God. I pray that we would be light to these young people, to my peers, Lord, that we would lead and govern them well and that I, as a student, would be a friend to those in need, God. We are broken, but we are so loved, God. Please reveal this supernatural love to those who haven't found it yet, to those who are looking to the world for their fulfillment, for their satisfaction. But God, you're right there. Lord, allow us to be pipes, not buckets. Allow goodness and mercy to flow from our hearts into the world that we may better lead and help these people who have lost their way. We're all broken, Lord, in your sight, but you still sent Jesus to die for us on that cross. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you that we are loved and that we are chosen. Please start a revival in the Gen Z and Gen Alpha and the next generations, God. I pray that you would start something new, a spark, a light, God. You're already working so powerfully right now, Lord. Make it all the more real. I thank you for the adults who are pouring into the lives of students, to the lives of children, God. I thank you for their hours of volunteering and working. Jesus, the glory goes to you. You are doing something special and I hope that we can all be a part of it. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.